Welcome to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast, where we discuss all things human design and how it can support you and your spiritual journey. This is not a one-size-fits-all podcast. We are here to inspire awareness about how we are all different and help you answer the questions of who am I? What am I here to do? How am I here to do it? You can thrive and live the life of your dreams just by having awareness of your true self. So dive deep with us, get inspired, and start living your life on purpose. Hello, and welcome back to the Day Luna Human Design Podcast with your hosts, Dana and Shayna. Today, we are vibing. It is a four-line day. Pluto is in Aquarius. There was just a Leo full moon and we are just feeling sparkly AF. I don't know. I'm feeling really good. And maybe it's because I'm pregnant. Um, (laughs) Maybe it's because I just woke up feeling really grateful. Like literally, I had a moment today where... And this is going to sound so gate 43 weird, like the freak side (laughs) where I I went up um, I've been having this this routine where I start to make my breakfast and I'm like heating up the pan and then I cool it down because I have stainless steel pans. So you have to like heat them up and cool them down before you can use them. It's a whole fucking thing. But anyways, so I do this whole practice in the morning or ritual, I should say routine. And then I walk up to my orange tree and I find an orange to pick and I pick the orange and I smell how amazing an orange or any fruit smells after you pick it. It literally smells so good. I thank the tree. And then I sit up, I have a little meditation area And I had this moment, you're not going to expect this, but I had this moment where I'm sitting there and then I open my eyes and I realized, because there's grass up there, that my bigger dog, Maui, had jumped up there and pooped right there in front of like where I meditate and you know, my whole like sacred corner he had taken a shit in. Like right in front of you where you were sitting enjoying your moment and smelling the orange? Yes, like he had (laughs) taken a shit previously, like maybe the night before or something, but he's never pooped up there. And so I had this moment where I was like, my first inclination was like, oh, like gross. Like this is my sacred space. And now there's a poop here. Like I got to clean this up. (laughs) And then I was like, no, like I'm living in gratitude. I'm grateful that my dog is healthy and having healthy BMs (laughs) and that he has the freedom to go wherever he wants. And that that probably felt satisfying. Like I chose in that moment to like not let anything shit on my day, like literally. And I know that's so small, right? But I think that it's a good example of how we always have the choice to look at something with a negative light or like a gratitude light of like, oh, I have to, you know, do all this laundry versus like, I get to do all this laundry, whereas other people maybe are washing it by hand and hand drying it, or they don't even have the space or clothes to wash. Like shifting your perspective so much to to find the gratitude within all of the things. That's been my biggest practice right now. And this morning, it was literally... It was just hilarious to me that I was like, oh, shit. And I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) That's my practice. So very simple. But hopefully that inspires you to stop and smell the sweetness within the shitty things of your day. 
<laughs> wow, I love it. So poetic. And I know, so <laughs> profound. But honestly, like coming into motherhood, I think there's going to be a lot of sacred, divine gratitude shits in your future. Oh with my like, gosh. So you know what I mean? Shits. Like every time your yes. baby shits and it spills out of their diaper, but you're like, it's holy sacred life. My precious little cherub baby shit all over my like, couch. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, they're not like, blocked up. Like they're, yeah. they're healthy. Yeah, exactly. But I feel like it makes sense actually. And honestly, yes, we need to be grateful for all the shits in our life because that is important for our health and well-being in this human body. So I love it. And- <laughs> Literally, figuratively, <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> I'm feeling so lit up too. Like I'm in the ovulation stage of my cycle right now on a four-line day and that should be illegal because it feels so good. I'm like, (laughs) everybody watch the fuck out. I was in the shower just like singing, like writing a million songs. Like literally in the shower this morning, I wrote three songs, like three medicine songs. But then I would stop halfway through and have like an idea for like a new business thing. And I was like, keep my phone right next to the shower so that I can stick my hand out and then like type into my notes or like record a song as it comes through. So, oh my God. I know. Literally, I, I love was, that energy though. I was so like excited about life last night that I couldn't fall asleep, which is funny wow. because we were just talking to someone in our besties community that's a projector too. And she's like, I'm feeling so fired up about my business that like I literally can't fall asleep at night. And I was like, those are good problems to have. Like, yes, it sucks that you couldn't fall asleep, but it's really a blessing to be that excited. And I literally said that. And then the next night I was thinking of her as I'm laying in my bed too excited to sleep. I'm like, damn, I got to take my so own good. medicine now. See, and I've been rolling with the punches with um, you know, being pregnant, having mood swings. Last mm-hmm. night, I literally, I told Brian, I was like, I'm just angry. Like there's nothing you need to do. There's nothing you like. It's not about anything. Like I am just upset and I'm angry. And like every now and then I would just like grunt or like scream or like say, just even say like, I'm pissed. I'm pissed right now. Yeah. Yeah. And Brian would be like, okay, like that's great, babe. And I'd be like, no, it's not. Like, don't tell me what it is. Like I'm pissed (laughs) and I'm just going to, I'll tell you what it is. And then I woke up like, everything's amazing. Life is grateful. Like I love everything. And I'm just really here for it. Like I'm being present in all of all of it. And I'm getting with whatever medicine is there and the freedom of being able to you know, the the ability to identify like what you're feeling through an observational place versus like being so in it and then later looking back and being like, oh, that's what it was, right? I think yeah. human design is such an amazing thing that it gives you that perspective to be able to look at your life through this observational lens and yeah. not just be in the murkiness of it. So to be able to say before I express something like, this is what I'm observing and this is, and then have the freedom to just fully go there and my partner not feeling like it's a problem they have to fix or something that needs to be solved. It's just there's space for it because Mm -hmm. I've created space for it through informing and communicating Mm -hmm. the space for it. Anyways, I'm just feeling really liberated by all of it. Yeah. Welcome to having an emotional wave kind of. Um, but, (laughs) But honestly, yeah, like being an aware observer in your life, right? It was a huge theme in human design. Being in the passenger seat, really observing the ride, but with awareness. It's so crazy how 
just having that transforms everything. Then you are able to preface what you're going to express from that place of like neutral observational energy. And your partner is able to get on board and hold more space for you because you've created more space for yourself in that way. So it's honestly really beautiful to see. And we could do a whole freaking podcast about anger because that is a new thing in my life that I've been really looking at because I have always thought from a psychological standpoint, that anger is a secondary emotion, that it's always covering up a more vulnerable emotion with this powerful anger, right? Because it's kind of protective. So underneath anger is actually embarrassment or underneath anger is actually betrayal or underneath anger is actually fear, right? And so I've really been holding strong to that for a lot of years. And then coming into human design and knowing that the not self of manifestors and manifesting generators is anger, it's kind of made me look at my relationship with anger in a whole new way. Because of course, my husband is a manifesting generator and my brother and my dad was a manifester. So I've been going back to these places in my childhood where I realized that anger is like pretty much the only emotion that I've rejected, that I just like do not feel comfortable. I'm like, there's no place for anger. Never. Because really when I, you know, for me, it's like, there's no place for violence in my life. And I immediately associate that with anger or like think of them as the same thing. And I've been belittling anger in my mind by saying like, it's just this secondary emotion. It's covering up what you're really feeling underneath. And so recently I've been coming back around to really exploring the places where I've been blocking my own anger. And what does that mean for me? And also where I haven't been accepting other people's anger or I've been sort of like casting it aside or judging it or belittling their anger and not like letting it be the full spectrum of what it is. So I feel like we could have a whole podcast episode just on that because I have a lot of revelations about it recently. But I love that you've been able to really like express it and tap into it and feel the goddess energy within you when you express that anger in a healthy way. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yep. We're going to have enough on that. And (laughs) mixed in with emotional wave stuff because there's so much that there's so much said about our emotions, about anger, about the whole spectrum. Um, So stay tuned for that. But that is not what we're talking about this episode. (laughs) I mean, it's not not, but this episode, we have on a special guest and we have been following this person for a while on Instagram and loving their videos. So we were like, let's get him on and learn from him. And I'm honestly going to become a student because I'm really... This is a whole new realm that my soul has already been in. But now I kind of want more of the... um, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say technical languaging too. But I definitely feel like in my life, I am a shaman already to myself, to my own energy when I show up and I channel and I hold space, like I definitely have shaman energy within me that is just maybe from past lives or maybe from whatever. It's like my autopilot with a lot of things. Um, And same thing with alchemizing things and working with quantum physics and mechanics and and changing things in my life. So I'm ready to uh, be a a student of it in a more... um, I don't want to say practical sense, but 
yeah, you get what yeah. I mean. So to follow your fascinations there and learn more. And, and honestly, this this guest that we're having on is the perfect person to do it from. So this is um, Excel Antohai, and maybe you follow him on Instagram because we've been following him for a long time and find so much value in the content that he shares. He's so um, knowledgeable about such a widespread of different concepts and ideas about manifestation, about shamanism. So he's the trusted shaman of influencers, entrepreneurs, celebs, and athletes. He teaches manifestation and energy medicine in over 150 countries. Anto High is a form of vibrational healing that he works with that uses the quantum energy to promote balance within the human subconscious. So this is a really fascinating story. We really dive into Excel's amazing past and the things that have guided him to be in the position that he is now and his connection to spirit, his connection to shamanism, growing up in a family that had this shamanistic lineage. Um, So I think this is going to be a really fascinating, it's a really intriguing conversation. And for us, it's definitely left us wanting to just learn more. So without further ado, let's welcome on our guest for today, Axel Antohai. We're so grateful that you're here. Thank you for making the time and space to be with us. Shane and I both follow you on Instagram and send each other your videos. And we're like, we got to have him on the podcast. I love his energy. I love his wisdom. So thank you for being here. And how are you doing today? Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm doing great. Thanks. I really am excited to get into all the conversations today. Yeah, us too. We're excited to see where it flows. And I'd love to just uh, right off the bat, have you introduce yourself to our audience and share with us a little bit about what it is that you share and teach, etc. Yeah, so uh, my name is Axel and everyone calls me Antohai because it's the form of shamanism that I teach the world. So I teach um, not only just like the Antohai shamanistic way, but I teach the Antohai healing modalities. So it's this large array of techniques that are boiled down to like 12 steps, basically. And you can manifest from it like money or healing other people or developing your psychic abilities as well. So that's kind of what I've what I've spent probably like the last um, like seven, eight years really doing a lot of. Prior to that, I was a shaman. And um, that's kind of like what a lot of people found me find me for specifically is that shamanism aspect. Uh, my career started off doing like massage work and then um, like alternative wellness, tarot. So I've had my hand in a lot of different like spiritual concepts and eventually it just evolved into um, like the school that I have and having like this business as well where I do like um, alternative treatments. So a lot of what I do is I study people's consciousness and since everything's the law of attraction, how did you manifest the particular situation that you're in, whether it's a disease or something else? And I have a huge passion for like disproving traditional medicines because, you know, so much of the quantum science realm is coming out, showing us that there's more there. Uh, So a, a lot of what I'm known for is, you know, if you have cancer, we backtrace the original thought. Like, how was it that you you know, did you feel like you just didn't want to live anymore? And then that kind of caused this domino effect. We revisit that in your unconscious mind, switch the narrative, and then suddenly you start disappearing the cancer and other things like that. So that's that's most of my career. I'm really well known for the manifestation and the healing aspect for sure. Wow, that is so fascinating. And I had no idea that you that you did that with specifically with cancer and with illnesses and and tracing it down to that root energy. It's interesting because in human design, we have like this different lens of looking at people's, you know, bodies and 
the things that they're manifesting in their life through their frequencies. And if they're in the lowest expression or the highest expression or they're ignoring the inward expression, etc. And you know, we can really look at different physical ailments as well. And I think it's it's so fascinating to see the energetics behind it. And I love that the direction that things are going in where like collectively a bit more where we're looking at these deeper things versus just this Western medicine, um, take this, you know, this chemo or this drug and it's going to almost kill you, but it might work. Um, Having more of that deeper lens. That's so fascinating to me. So I'm curious to know, how did you get into shamanism? Like what led you there? Because I know there's a lot of different types of shamans. And I'm sure when a lot of our listeners think of a shaman, they think of somebody, you know, in South America, giving them plant medicine and, you know, walking them through that and holding space for them. But I'm curious to know your experience with getting into, you know, being a shaman and the things that you studied and learned and that fascinated you to want to then teach and and practice onto high shamanism, which I haven't heard of before. So I'm just curious if you could dive into a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was actually born into a family of shamans and shamanism has been in my family for like hundreds of years. It skipped one generation, which was my parents' generation. They somehow went different ways into like um, Christianity and, and whatnot. So my grandparents had to wait for them to have kids so that we could pick up the tradition again. Um, so since the age of six, I've been learning pretty much, I lived in an alternate world that most people don't live, uh, where ghosts were regular people, they, you know, demons, like spirits of nature, stuff like that. Like I was always being taught that, you know, just like if you go to Germany, like they have a certain culture and way of doing things and you don't break that mold. That's the same thing in the astral realm. There are these little countries and it, depending on where you go and what you're experiencing, it's the rules that you have to follow. And if you follow the rules and you blend in, then more people are willing to help you and work with you, right? So um, I I grew up a lot just kind of understanding how lucid, like how lucidity works. Like I was always taught, we live in a dream. This is the Maya. So your imagination is what's creating everything that's in front of you, even if it doesn't seem that way. And I was always taught like, remember, you're going to forget this. Like there's going to come times in your life where you will forget this. And it's definitely happened, but I always come back to that, the the root cause of the teachings that they've given me. Um, and that was up until I was like 16. When I was 16, I went through like a uh, an initiation of death, uh, which is basically every shaman culture has their own style of doing it. Like whether you go into a cave or you get like sensory deprivation. My style was like sensory deprivation. Um, and you're supposed to last like eight days in a dark room with just like one bottle of water and bread, basically. Wow. Um, and it's like, yeah, it's very... It's very uh, disassociating. Eventually, everything gets stripped away but your consciousness. And you forget about eating and drinking and all these other things. And when I got out of that, I lasted seven out of eight days. So that's about like 94% of your capabilities of like, you know, loading time, I guess. And when I got out, I had to basically do my apprenticeship teaching um, or helping the dead, 
essentially. So the the dead would die and then they would come to me and be like, I have all this trauma that is still, you know, like I got a job that I got to take care of my kids, whatever. And I had to be like the psychologist and help them understand like you're on the next phase of your life. You haven't stopped living clearly because you're now in the afterlife, but you can't just randomly have me send them a message to say, hey, like this is what's up, right? Like, so I would help them get over um, a lot of that time too was helping other people kind of avoid death. So I worked with a lot of hospice patients. I worked with, um, you know, people who were addicts and they were like on the verge of like completely, you know, capping out with their body and stuff like that. And that was all through college. Like, so in college, I was like that, that, a pseudo shaman, like everybody knew I was a shaman, but no one really understood what it was. And that was one of the reasons why I actually left to go to college because um, I lived in this in this like bubble of shamans where I witnessed people do amazing things on a regular basis, but they were always telling me, you know, you don't get involved with the outer world. The outer world's never going to understand what we're capable of. They're all doomed. Stay in shamanic communities. And I, that just like never resonated with me. I always had this thing where it was, where it was just like, how are people going to know if there's not somebody out there actually showing them that this is real? Like, it just does not make sense. So I remember when I decided to leave that community structure, the elders had told me, you're going to come back. You're going to see that they just don't get it. And I was like, okay, we'll see. So I pushed myself. I, I made it my personal like mantra to disprove every charlatan that was around me just so that people could see like, okay, you could probably go to this person, but now there's someone who's showing you what the true craft is and I'm willing to even teach you so you don't have to go to anybody else ever again. And that was one of the major things that separated me and at that time in college, and I was doing it for free, pretty much. I was just straight up like, if you summoned me, right, like do like networking or whatever, then I would just teach you. Um, while I was in college, I understood psycholinguistics, which is how language programs the mind and how that creates culture, which then creates a feedback loop. So it basically perception design through language. Um, and that was really something that was fun. I also later went on to understand health and wellness really deeply. And I spent just a lot of time meditating with shamans. I've always just had that vibe. Um, I've always been somehow attracted to somebody who's like super spiritual without me really knowing it. And then them teaching me everything they know. Um, there's been times where I've definitely dedicated myself to like a Buddhist monastery and just spent the whole year like cleaning floors and stuff like that just to kind of like lower my ego. Um, but everything really kind of kicked in for me in 2014. Uh, like 2014, 2015, um, I was getting out of a really bad relationship and like they were essentially like, no, you're not going to get out of this alive. And they torpedoed my life. I had, I was an entrepreneur at that time. I had five different businesses. I was at the peak of my career of what I seemed, you know, was what it seemed to be like the peak of my career. Um, and overnight, it was just like all stripped away from me. Like I lost it all. I was left with like $10 to my name um, just because, you know, that's just how it played out. And during that time, I... I basically ended up going to jail for six months for something that I didn't do. And I learned the structure of like the prison system and like how they program people to keep coming into it and not actually giving them help. And um, that kind of like really changed my perspective, even on like the homeless, because now that I had become homeless, I like, it, and it was just such a crazy series of events. Like I got arrested for something. They 
end up figuring out six months later that they messed up. And they're like, oh, our bad. Like there was technically no proof of any of this. So, you know, we just stole six months of your life for no reason. You'll be fine, right? And it just like threw me out. Yeah. Yeah, it was insane. But by then, I literally, I only had $10 to my name on my commissary. And I got out. They, I didn't have shoes, anything, because I got like arrested in the summer. And it was already January 5th. It was like negative five degrees outside. And they're just like, it's midnight. You're going to have to just figure it out. And during that time is when I was like, oh my God, I'm just going to die. Like I'm in flip-flops. Like I got $10 to my name, no phone. Like my mom is like, there's no way to contact her. Like this is it. Like, And I was like starting to just give up that whole experience of like, this is as far as I go. Uh, through the gate, grace of the cosmos, I kept hearing the universe takes care of you, does it or doesn't it? And I was like, yeah, I guess that's all I got left, right? And as I'm following that path, some lady sees me kind of like having a meltdown. And she's like, hey, do you need help? And I'm like, oh my God, I explained the story. She's like, here, use my phone. And I'm like, okay, I call the uh, a homeless shelter. They're like, we don't, all the homeless shelters are actually overbooked. We There's people outside waiting in lines. They're not able to come in. And I'm like, okay, well... I'm just going to go to the closest one and see if something happens. Because I kept hearing the universe takes care of you, does it or doesn't it? And I was like, all right, fine. This guy gives me like, she lets me call a cab ride. The cab ride gets me there. It's $11. I only have $10. And he's like, dude, don't worry about it. It's all good. Like, I got you. I There's a line of like 50 people outside of that like homeless shelter. And I was like, okay, this is it. I'm just, I'm screwed. And it was like, it takes care of you, does it or doesn't it, Axel? Mm. And I'm like, fine. <laughs> so it tells me, go up, go up to the front and tell them your story. Just straight up tell them what's going on. I told the girl, she's like, hold on one second. They opened up a space in a random closet. And she's like, as long as you're comfortable sleeping in this closet, like you, you got space. I walked past the line of 50 people like that. And then that that's kind of like what kickstarted the rest of it, which was after once I got to my mom's house, I had to essentially like recover from the PTSD because like when you're in jail, they have like this structure where they don't let you get enough sleep. The, the other people that are there are a problem. Like everything's constantly noisy. It's made to keep you disoriented consistently. And then they feed you content like, oh, here, read about the cartel or read about this, right? To, to constantly keep you thinking in that negative mindset. And finally, like when I had gotten out, I couldn't sleep for weeks because it was just like, dude, like I could hear the noises and it was so disturbing. I spent about six months like that. And I got to a point because I couldn't feed myself. I couldn't go to the bathroom. Like my body was in complete shutdown. And I was like, all right, well, universe, like this is not who I am. Like before all this happened, I was like on the peak of everything that I was doing. I'm forfeiting my life. And I straight up just said, I'm done. And as you, you know, like people tell you, you see the lights right before you're about to die. Like I saw those lights and I had like the last minute something hit me. And I'm like, if the answer just doesn't exist on this dimensional plane, take me wherever I got to go to go get it. Like, I'm not saying like I'm inept of doing the work, right? And it that's when I got dragged away from the lights. The next six months I spent traveling the cosmos and I learned all about alien civilizations, past lives, advanced magic and healing from other cities, like star cities and stuff like that. I met Hindu gods that I, I before then I had no experience with the Hindu gods. Um, but I met them in person. And then when I came out of, like they had given me these like seven symbols and they were like, okay, go back and like now, now start healing and teaching other people. And I'm like, dude, I don't even have 
the ability to get out of bed, like you gave it to the wrong person. They're like, no, no, shut up, shut up, just go. And I'm like, all right, fine. So suddenly I noticed that like the PTSD had gone down. I could gather the energy to go to the bathroom. I could gather the energy to like feed myself. I could gather the energy to do all the things that I couldn't do. And I was like, there's something here. And then that's when it hit me. And I'm like, one of them said their name is Vishnu. I'm like, I wonder if anyone's ever talked about this guy like anywhere. And I typed it in. I was mind blown to see that like Vishnu was one of the Hindu gods and exactly how I seen him and everything was what has been depicted. And I'm like, holy shit, this is real. Like, right. And what's crazy is like, even as a shaman and I've been born into this, my mind is still constantly getting blown at like what is actually possible and what reality is. So like, even at this point, I, you know, you think you would gather enough wisdom and I'm still like, whoa, the gods actually exist. <laughs> uh, so like after that, like I, I, I put a post on Craigslist and I said, okay, if you let me test these frequencies out, then I'll just give you a free healing and just let me record what happens. And people would come lay on the bed. I wouldn't talk to them. I wouldn't touch them or nothing. I would just pump the energy that I was being taught. And people would get up like, oh my God, I feel like I had 20 years of therapy. Like, I don't understand. You didn't talk or touch me. And other people with like phantom issues that they've been going to doctors for 20 years and nobody can find what the issue is. Suddenly just disappeared after one 90 minute session. And then that started just continuously rising and rising and rising to the point where like people all over the world were contacting me now. And I, I was, it was overnight, literally. I decided I'm going to post a course online to kind of like see if people who don't have access to, you know, contacting me can still repeat the process. And when I did that, that's when my work blew up into 160 countries and like 50 languages. And it's been a ride ever since. That's just literally what I do. I teach people that you don't know what reality actually is. And that's okay because somebody gave you a false perception of reality. This is what it is actually doing. And then the moment I teach you how to see that, like you will change everything. It's a lifestyle. Like you'll never go back to how you used to live. Money will become easier. Relationships will become easier. Your health will change. Like miraculous things will happen. And then as that started like really picking up speed, doctors would have clients who like, you know, had autoimmune disorders that they couldn't correct or cancer that was going to kill them in like two weeks. Suddenly it would just disappear. And they'd be like, how are you doing this? Like, what did you do to this person? And still to this day, like I talked to some doctors and I'm like, okay, literally it's a thought in somebody's mind. Like you go into their unconscious, you find what that original thought is, delete it. Like similar to being on a computer, delete it or change it or like fix the code and then suddenly the rest of reality has to follow suit. That is the law of attraction. And then like the moment you, if you don't speak very scientifically, right? You say the law of attraction is once or something like that. They're like, right? <laughs> but uh, that's been the ride. Yeah, that's been wow. what's, what it's all about. That is such an epic story. My mind is blown out of my head. But I mean, it's amazing to hear. First of all, I was wondering when you were talking about your childhood and being raised in this like bubble of shamanism where that was just completely normal. There would be a no other way. You were, you seemed like so confident and natural in that space. Um, I'm curious, did you go to public school? Like, did you have a lot of other kids around you at that age? Or were you really kind of just in with, with your shaman bubble and you were feeling really like confident and sort of impenetrable at that moment in your life? Um, honestly, I was the, I was even the black sheep in that culture. So my parents, yeah, my parents would put me into public school because sometimes like the the shamanic oriented schools were a problem. I was always the kid that got bullied no matter what situation wow. I was in. 
Yeah. Um, so I spend a lot of time by myself just because of the fact, and now I understand why, but um, I just had too much depth of consciousness for yeah. the other kids at that time, you know? Yeah, so I was just like a, a total like a different, out. whole different plane, a whole different plane of existence. And it's so amazing to hear that story about all of that stuff that you went through later on in life, because it honestly is just such an epic, like hero's journey opening moment. And I feel like sometimes in life, people have those amazing stories and then the opposite you know, equal amazing thing happens right after that. It's like its own sort of like death and rebirth kind of energy in your life. So I think that that's really inspiring. It's so cool to hear that that was such a catalyst and a jumping off point to rediscovering your power and in such a natural way, being able to just spread your wisdom and and all of that. It's so cool. And, you know, as you're speaking, I've been looking at your human design chart. I know Shayna has too. And it's so cool because you're a three, five, first of all. So for anyone listening, that's a human design nerd, you know, as a three, five, it is all about embracing the ride, trial and error and anything that feels like it's a mistake or, um, you know, something in your life that is broken. It's actually the, the pure gold that is leading you to that next thing. So just being open to that journey. And and even as a 3-5, having many different modalities, always exploring. There's no summit of the mountain. Like I made it here and I'm just going to stop. As a 3-5, you're always someone who's learning constantly new tools, constantly trying new things, constantly understanding more and more layers about the universe and about life. So I love just hearing all of that energy reflected in you. But obviously that that story that you told is is really, I mean, the bravery that you had to keep going, even when, you know, those moments were so challenging, I think is really a beautiful example for people. And your whole cross of incarnation is the the right angle cross of tension. So you are someone who is here to stir this shit up and to really lead a new way and to provoke change and to be this fighter that has this giant mission um, and this very like deep, you know, a lot deeper than the way that other people look at things is is sort of the way that your gifts work. So I've been really admiring seeing all of those things in you as you're sharing that story. It's really cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. No, that's yeah. definitely me. Like I, I'm always looking for the flaw in like, not really the flaw, but like the loophole. I feel like everything's infinite. So like it, the moment someone tries to like define something for its entirety, I'm like, what else is there? You know? Yeah. Yeah. And people with the cross of tension you know, they're the people who are like, this is uncomfortable. Why? Like, why is this uncomfortable? This is um, unhealthy. Why? Like, what's the root there? I'm. You're not afraid to dig into that and dive into that. Whereas other people, the majority of us are like, this is uncomfortable. I'm never doing that again. Um, yeah. I'm just going to ignore <laughs> it. And of course, that festers into and manifests things into our lives that we don't necessarily want. Um, I'm re- I'm so fascinated by you know, your journey with, with, I don't know if you would call it channeling, um, but with connecting with, you know, the cosmos and different, you know, galactic, I don't even know the right word for that, but civilizations and um, different gods and stuff in that uh, time, was that like a long time that that happened? Was it like you were lucid while that was happening? Was it like every night you went to sleep and something would come to you? Like, what was that actually like? I'm just so curious because I know a lot of people that are in our community and 
ourselves included, like we definitely have experiences where we've channeled or where we've been visited or where we've received like messages and then later have it, you know, that proof where you look it up and you're like, oh my gosh, that symbol is what I was drawing, you know, last night randomly and it means this and it's crazy, whatever. So I'm curious to know what that was like in that portal of like downloads that you received. So like at that time, um, I had gotten like an instruction like randomly through one of my dreams and it said, grab, buy a big piece of Labradorite and then put it right above your head, lay down and like, like lay down in a bed so you're comfortable. Make sure the Labradorite is rather touching your head or just about like an inch away and then get, um, a shaman lodolite. Like it's a shamanic quartz lodolite, put it on your, uh, heart chakra and then fall asleep, like give up everything that you're experiencing here. And it it was a constant training of like, like if I, if this is the last time I have a conscious experience in this realm, is it worth it for me to then learn about something else? And am I afraid that I will stop existing just because I don't come back to this? So it was like that constant, like, okay, I have to be okay that I may not wake up from this. And that was where it would keep taking me deeper and deeper and deeper because because I wasn't attached to this world anymore. I was ready for whatever else was next. And then even with my energy, I was like, if it's just not living here anymore, then I'm willing to go there too, you know, to have that that next level of experience. Um, and that's kind of like how it really, it kind of just came through. The, the cosmos itself is this huge living like computer. And the way I teach my students nowadays is, if you put yourself in that meditative state that I just described, and then you say, I want to go to a dimension that's going to teach me about love, like a love in a way that I can never comprehend here. You're basically typing that address into Google and then click enter. Woof, you're going to go right to the website, right? So then you time in those dimensions were completely different than over here. So, you know, you can be there for what feels like an hour and it can be four hours here or vice versa. It can feel like 10 minutes and you're there for like freaking 10 years. You know, that it depends. What I ended up learning was it's the density and the physics of the places you uh, travel to that are going to warp time and space for you. Um, some of those places are also simultaneously interconnected through things here. So um, one of the things I learned is like time and space doesn't really exist. So like you think you're going somewhere, but really you're just changing the filter so that you can see what's actually in front of you. Um, and then that's when, when I learned that, that's when I tried, when I stopped trying to go places and I just accepted what was the next place that I was supposed to be experiencing. Um, and then it was through that experience that it really just taught me how to surrender even what I know, because sometimes we want to like go to another place and we want to learn like their wisdoms, but then still keep it within the framework of what we're so comfortable with. And it started teaching me like, if you were born like one of them from scratch, like you wouldn't have any of the human perceptions that are telling you this is right, this is wrong. Oh, maybe we can't do this, right? And that's that a lot of channeling comes down to if you really want to do it really well, it's is letting go of what you think logic even is. Because there's something, there's this saying in shamanism, the most logical thing is illogical. And sometimes the most illogical thing is the most logical. And it's just kind of like there, there's that duality. And when you hear, when people hear that, they're first like, wait, what? 
Um, <laughs> but it's, it's not always going to make sense what you're channeling. And sometimes you channel some things that you can't even share with other people because it's so advanced that if a person's not telepathic and they can't see the models that are running through your brain and stuff like that, they won't be able to comprehend what you're saying. So it's definitely surrounding yourself to a new universe while being completely open to being rebirthed from those universes in a way. And that's where everything collapses. And, and today I channel, I can be driving and I'll be channeling, you know what I mean? As it just stuff comes in all the time telling me like, oh, this is about to happen in the world. Okay, cool. Like, thanks for letting me know. You know, it's just a, kind of like a, a notification ping on an astral iPhone or something. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love that. It's so crazy because... I feel like in my life, I've had times where I have that deep surrender. And a a lot of times it's been in breathwork, like a deep, intense, spiritual breathwork journey. And you completely are just lost and, and surrendered and you're in a different dimension. It feels like years sometimes. Um, and so much comes through there. So I'm really fascinated. I love that you teach this to other people because it's so empowering, but also so liberating um, in all of the senses. Um, so I'm really excited to check out your teachings and and you know learn from you more. I'm curious, you know, you talk a lot of, about manifestation, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on it. And first of all, like the common misconceptions that the collective has around manifestation, if you have any like bones to pick with that, and you know, your favorite ways or like a tip for anyone listening as far as what they can do right now to start manifesting, I don't know, more in their life. Yeah. So like manifestation, you know, has so many different names. You know, I I saw this meme the other day that there uh, is, I think it was Queen Herbie. She was saying like, they call it quantum physics. They call it law of attraction. They call it manifestation. They call it like, you know, goal setting, but nobody's denying its existence. It just has all these different forms, right? So when I heard that, I was like, yeah, that's queen. Um, But (laughs) it was just, it was like, what I learned with with law of attraction, okay? Like, because I used to not be somebody who was like into it. I used to think it was like a bunch of, you know, bullshit, basically. Um, I learned because of being an energy healer that the only thing that I was doing was literally shifting energy. Like the reason why somebody was having 20 years of experience is because somehow I learned how to move all the energy around to produce that event, right? What's the difference between energy healing and manifesting? Absolutely nothing because you have to still move energy. So it's just whether or not it's easier for me to see it as the perception of healing somebody versus the perception of manipulating the cosmos. And that's where it started showing me, okay, like now instead of just healing somebody's energy system, their chakras and whatever, think about moving the cosmology of reality. Like the, the you know, it's mercury retrograde right now, but some people mercury, mercury, retro, like not right now, but like, you know, in the situation, it would say it's mercury retrograde in this moment. Um, some people get affected by that in a negative way, but why do some people get affected by it in a positive way? Like if if that dualistic polarity is there, you're getting affected by it negatively. So manifest yourself by just switching the energy so that it's working for you. And I just started literally playing around with cosmology itself. Like I would pay attention, you know, Pluto just entered Aquarius. Like, what is that planning out for me? And like, how can I like twist and work with the flow so that I, I'm the creator of my own universe? Um, after a while, when I started understanding that, I I understood the three-way 
the three-way path in, in shamanism. So most people think it's rather like positive or negative, but really, if you feel like it, you can create a third path that is like whatever you want it to be, but you have to have the level of determination to cut the path and then that level of no fucks given, like I'm going to embrace whatever comes down this path, right? And that's kind of like what has really taught me the most about shamanism, most uh, about manifestation and shamanism, actually. So um, a lot of people think that manifestation has to be like this easy thing. It's it's definitely not. The, the bigger of a goal that you want, the more of a requirement of a shift or a sacrifice that's going to have to come along with it. And like I had one of those those epiphanies just literally yesterday, and I'm constantly having them, even though I, I know how to manifest better than most people, I guess. But, you know, there's this one thing I'm calling into my reality and I've been calling into it. I've been calling it for years, actually. And it comes in, it's coming slowly, slowly, slowly. But every year I feel like, why is it not here already? Right. And I get like that impatience. I'm an Aries. So I, I yesterday when I was in the deep meditation, it was like, you, you're not willing to do everything it takes when it's being called of you. Like right now you have to do this one thing and you have to drop everything else so you can embody this next manifestation. And sometimes you're like, I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this right now. I can wait till tomorrow. Every time you do that, Axel, you're not saying that you're going to embrace the the manifestation for everything that it is. And I'm like, oh, okay, like I see like where I'm messing up now, right? So now I've been a little bit more diligent since yesterday, like making sure that when those things pop up, I just do it because I know this was required of me to step into that next level of vibration. The, a lot of people want to call it like identity shifting. That works. That definitely works. Like you got to go back into your unconsciousness or connect to the ego and re-architect the ego. Uh, a lot of times people think like uh, uh, identity shifting is like completely telling yourself a new story and becoming delusional. That's one way of doing it. And it doesn't always work for people, obviously, because sometimes people work from an ego standpoint. They're so delusional to get into more trouble. It's really going back and saying, okay, like, I had a traumatic childhood and though that childhood was str- like had a lot of struggle and pain in it, it taught me something. And what were those core lessons that it taught me? The moment that you understand what what you gained out of that experience and you're no longer blaming your parents and the childhood for it, suddenly you have this enlightenment and you're like, oh, this is the alchemy that's in front of me. This is how I can create my reality. And that's one way of identity shifting. Um, another way is getting to know your ego. Like when you get to know your ego, it's trying to always protect you from something. And it doesn't always make sense as to why it's trying to protect you from that thing. So one of the things that I've done with my ego is I'll like this happened probably two months ago where I, w- I had a new opportunity. It was coming. I was like, I'm going to walk into it 100%. And I started seeing reality like short circuit. And that happens very often when you're about to get into the next phase. Like um, I was supposed to be somewhere on a flight and the flight got canceled four times. And I just kept knowing like, this is the ego fighting me. Like, don't go there. I'm not ready for this. And I stopped on the third flight being canceled. And I said, listen, no matter what you do, I'm going to make it there. Even if I have to drive to make it there, I will make it there. I completely understand you're afraid. I completely understand that this is the next level. But we have done things your way multiple times and it has not gotten us to where we're at. So this is the only way. we. You got to trust me now if you want us to be in a safer place. Your, your objective is to keep us safe. If we stay where you're planning us to stay at, we're not going to be safe after a while. So like, this is the most logical move. And the moment that I said that to it, 
I there was like this really deep wave of energy that came through my body. And then the next flight was like almost ready. I had to wait still, but it was it was on the way and I knew I was going to make it on time to the stuff that I had to do. I decided to befriend my my ego, not kill it. And that's where a lot of times people are like looking at it from the, the wrong perspective. Um, the law of attraction can also be looked under like quantum physics, right? The double slit experiment is about like, you know, you change what waves are turning into in reality. And then if if you're aware that that's happening just in an experimental level, the way you look at yourself and your world and what are the laws that are going to be affecting you is what's going to come back to you. So I studied a lot of like Helene Hassel and a lot of uh, Jose Silva's work, amazing like minds when it comes to this. And Helene Hassel won the most amount of games than anyone else in sweepstakes or anything like that because her mentality was that she created a law of reality that said she was constantly going to win unless there was somebody who needed it more than her. And that's why it always collapsed in her favor. And I've actually done experiments where you can play with dice and you can manipulate the dice coming out to certain numbers over and over and over again because you know that that reality is basically there waiting for somebody to claim it. So a lot of it is just coming down to understanding that everything that's everything that's solid is still vibrating. So it's not actually solid. It's just the perception of it being solid. That means everything can move if you allow yourself to be the movement. And then that's where all these other interconnectivities come. A lot of times people think about time and space with their with their manifestations. And they're like, oh, it's going to take me X amount of time to do this. If time and space from a quantum perspective doesn't exist, everything's here right now. And that's how I've manifested celebrities. Like I've imagined myself just being in the same room with them right now and then just really sinking in 100% to that reality. And it's not like, a, oh, I want to be in your presence because I want to take something from you. It's like, I just want to share space with you. I just think it's really fucking cool that we're both in the same space right now. And then the moment I do that, I will run into that person in the most obscure way possible and then I end up talking to them. They'll invite me onto their podcast and whatever. You know what I mean? Like, because everything's quantum entanglement. It's all happening right here anyway. So the moment I stop saying it's difficult, then I can create ease. And that's where everyone is is really stuck on it because they're always thinking like, it's, it's jumping through all these hoops. I got to journal constantly. And one of the things that like I study a lot of is Egyptian magic. So I love ancient Egyptian magic. I Ever since I was a kid, I just knew I was like tied to that timeline. I couldn't really explain it. And then with years, I've kind of like pieced it together. I used to be an ancient Egyptian pharaoh. So I, that's why I know how to manipulate reality so well because I learned it then. And I'm basically working off of autopilot. And one of the things that it was teaching me most recently in the last probably like five years, and I'm still trying to grasp it, is that if you decide what's going to happen to you before you step into this reality, then the material universe itself doesn't matter because you said this is what's going to happen. And when you're on the other side of it, you're going to look back and be like, oh, that happened, right? So, and that's one of the powers of Atum in Egyptian alchemy, which is like before and after the middle just kind of sandwiches together to create the storyline. The middle is not actually what's real. And it's that surrender of like, I know I'm going to be okay. I know I'm going to find the answer and talking to the cosmos like a living organism, because in Egyptian alchemy, it also tells you that um, there's different ways to explain it. But the external reality is almost like one of your hands. And when you start manifesting, it's because you're you're ethically manifesting with your outer hand and the physical body. That's why you're having physical manifestations. 
manifestations uh, or, or essentially orgasms to the to the Egyptians. Another way that they describe it is that what you're looking at, right? Like the screen and all this other stuff, even you that I'm looking at is just another extension of me. So what is the purpose of us coming together to have this conversation To And just as much as that's happening to me, like I'm only a figment of your imagination as well. So like, you know, when you kind of look at it from those angles, you're like, okay, what is reality other than what I'm dreaming and when I have experience in? The cosmos does not care where you put your co- your consciousness or your attention. It just gives you more of the same. So like, that's why if you're a greedy person and like you love money so much and that's all you want to keep getting, you'll generate it, especially through like all these weird places, even if it's unethical, because that's where your focus is. You're creating a vortex towards that, like Abraham Hitz talks about. Um, you can say, I want to be rich, but if you're constantly focused on the fact that you have lack, the universe is only registering that you're looking and you're focused on the lack. So that's why you can't solve problems. And when I teach people how to master the law of attraction, one of the things I, I try to drill into them constantly is think in the opposite direction of what you think you want. So like one of my students, like just yesterday, I was saying to them, you're constantly trying to manifest money because that's what they want. They want to like make the next major business move for them. And I said, but the fact that like your drive is money is the reason why you always have to manifest more money. And at first it didn't hear me and then it clicked and like, oh shit, like I have said a bunch of times that my motivation is money. So what your ego is basically hearing you say in the cosmos is saying, the moment you don't have a need to chase money, you're going to die. Like there's nothing else to do, right? So you got to change that root core and say, dude, like I'm chasing happiness. I'm chasing like love. And as I go after that, like, what are one of the things that make me happy? Money. So, all right. So as you fulfill yourself more with that, not only will the money come through in miraculous ways, but all the other things that would equate to happiness that you didn't even know were available or things that you wanted. Yeah. Wow. It's so fascinating to hear you speak about this. And I think, you know, the average person, like my mom or whoever, like hears about manifestation and law of attraction. And like, it's such a a buzz term, but I mean, manifestation is life, right? I love that you said that it's the quantum, quantum physics and the quantum realm. Like it really is so simple to understand that everything is energetic, but in the human world, it's so deep. It's so complex. There's so many angles and facets and way to ways to look at it and to come into it. So I feel like it's really illuminating to hear you talk about just different perspectives and different tools, because you really get this understanding that it's everything. It's the way that we live our life and this reality, like all of that is you as this conscious, you know, co-creator and understanding how to live live in this realm. And you know, something that's really interesting that I love hearing you say a through line is it seems like to be able to really feel empowered as this creator of your life or co-creator of your life, you really do need to have true confidence in yourself. And I think that that confidence is like another word for love, like just loving yourself and believing in yourself and having kind of that patient, unconditional love, like not putting a lot of pressure on yourself, but just really having that firm, solid core so that you believe in your ability to actually make change and live the life that you want and manifest all of the happiness or love or abundance or whatever it is. But it's interesting because 
I feel like so many of us have been really taught to be practical, right? We like live in this world, this conditioning that's like all about the mental. It's all about analyzing. It's all about Newtonian science. You have to be able to measure something. You have to be able to see it. And so if it's not practical, it's not going to happen. And that practicality or that word, I feel like is so toxic. Like it pulls us away from our unconditional love for ourselves and our belief in our greatness and our expansion. So it's like, that's been my whole new thing is like, fuck practicality. That word is dead to me. I'm canceling it in my life. And it's not something that I have to try to be like, it's so easy to be that because I've been so programmed to be that. Like, honestly, for me, the medicine is just releasing that and focusing way more on that love and belief in myself. And something that I've really come up against is, you know, like a, a lesson that I've been struggling with or learning around is, patience in my manifestations, like wanting to manifest really big things. And then just being like, why is it not happening yet? Earth is so fucking slow, like feeling kind of um, deterred or detracted from my belief in myself and that core of what I really am working towards because of all of those kind of earthly things. So what do you tell, what is your take on being patient and kind of that having no fucks, like not getting discouraged, letting go of how you think it needs to play out? How do you help people let go of all of that so that they can just sit in their worth and in their love towards what they're creating in their life? Yeah, so there's this technique in Hindu alchemy called uh, the Star of Lakshmi. And basically you cut down wealth into eight different, like eight or nine different vibrations. It depends on which model you're looking at. But uh, fundamentally, patience is a, a unique word for each person. So like, mm-hmm. usually it's a, we do like this word association game. And if I say patience, what's the first word without you thinking about it that comes up to your mind? That so is the first word that came <gasps> to me. Was stuck. What was that? Stuck. stuck. Yeah. That's okay. so funny for me. I don't know why it was love, actually. Like I was thinking of a mother who's patient with her baby. And like for me, it was love. Yeah. For me, Am it's I vulnerability. <laughs> no, not at all. No. So, for, <laughs> so for so when you so let's go ahead into into stuck, right? Stuck means you have a blockage with that energy. So you're blocking one of the vibrations to your wealth in some way at a soul level. So you would want to, if I say stuck, what's the next thing that comes up? Um, I'm like, so I'm nothing. Like, I'm so <laughs> blank. I feel like, um, like a void. Like that was the first vibration that I felt was a void. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a lot of different ways you can go into that one. You could spend time in the void in like a blank space in your own mind and then ask that void you know, what, why did it, my patients turn out to be stuck and just accept whatever answers and like a private meditation that you do. Um, you can do journaling for it, or you can even ask the void itself to correct it to you. So in, in uh, Jewish mysticism, it's called Ein, which is that void. And it's basically where like the presence of God emanates from there. So that's one way you can do it. Um, when it comes to love, the more you invite embody love in everything that you do, you'll notice that your patience will just grow endlessly. Mm-hmm. Um, for myself, vulnerability, like I have to just trust that things are going to happen. And mm-hmm. then when I'm trusting, I suddenly have this patience. And you'll notice that when you when you find like the like love and vulnerability, right? Those are a little bit more easy to work with. Mm-hmm. When you sink into those vibrations, things happen faster for you because everything's yeah. in alignment with divine time. 
Yeah. Which is so true. Like even just what you said there, I know that when I'm operating out of a place of love, like I'm doing what I love. I love myself. I focus back on that because I can really be critical of myself. I can really be a perfectionist sometimes. And for me, that's like the opposite of love. Those are kind of like, you know, going against loving myself. And I noticed that when I am in this space of love, like time doesn't exist. I don't feel agitated or irritated by being on planet earth, which sometimes I do. I'm like, fuck, I'm in a human body again. I have to feed myself and exercise. Like I just want to be like quantum flying through the universe. But when I'm focused on love, I do feel like I'm more connected to all time and not feeling confined by time. And that patience is naturally, I think just uh, there for me. I feel way more expansive when I'm focused on that. So that's really interesting. Yeah. So like you repeat this process with each one of the sectors of the star of Lakshmi and you find your own key words and then mm-hmm. that's your alchemy. Like if you can just embody that, like all these other things start collapsing like dominoes. Um, but yeah, like impatience is so normal when you're manifesting in general because like there's a portion of you right now that wants the problem solved so that you don't have to be like in suffering to some degree. And that's where, you know, in, in Buddhism it's called samsara. You know, like you're the more you're attached to solving the problem, the more issues you're going to find with the problem itself. And it just keeps growing instead of you letting go letting go of that like attachment, which then is the root cause of your suffering. And suddenly you can see all the answers present themselves in samadhi. So it's it's this really, when it comes to like, you know, developing that patience, sometimes it's, you have to be real with yourself. Like with, with what I had downloaded yesterday, the reason why I'm impatient is because I haven't done the work to maintain that frequency in my reality. Other times it's like, if you were to get it right now anyway, like, a lot of people are like, I want a million dollars right now. But do you have the financial literacy to make that one million dollars grow or to sustain you longer than a year? Because the average millionaire that just wins a bunch of money just is broke within 12 months. So then is is it that you're looking for the millionaire experience or are you looking for building long-term wealth? And a lot of times the 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 gap or that space between the manifestation is because you haven't been clear enough either on what it is that you want. And the universe hears you, but it's just like, there's so many different ways we can bring this to you. Like, what exactly are you asking for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's just one of the things that I've really learned mostly with, with, with patience is also like loving yourself and just being chill with the fact that like, if you truly believe in your own alchemy and you look back upon all of your experiences, like everyone has experiences of synchronicity and like they ask God for something and it happened a couple of days later. Look at all those experiences and then use that as a backbone, like your spine to be like, if I've done it once, twice, three times, it's going to happen again. I just have to keep sinking into that trust and the patience is just not going to be a problem for you anymore because you know it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. For everyone listening who has their own human design business or wants to start one, we want to share with you one of our most favorite human design resources that has been so empowering and such a beautiful addition to our website. Yes, it's called Body Graph Chart. And this technology that they've created allows you to generate and design your own human design charts. And it has the most advanced information like PHS, your diet, your mindset. You really can customize it so that way your clients can receive all of the information available on their human design chart. And you can change the colors, you can change the fonts, you can also add it on there so that way they can create automatically 
PDFs for you that explain all of the information for your clients as they are creating their charts and downloading that information. So it really is like sky's the limit with this company. And we have been working with them for a few years now and they're constantly adding new features. They really are at the cutting edge of human design technology and wanting to just expand in this space. And it's really cool because when we first started human design, there weren't that many resources out there technology-wise, you know, online to generate this information. And every single year, more and more information is getting out there. And that's because human design really is expanding and growing. Yes. And we're honestly so excited to be partnering with Bodygraph Chart Software because we're just such a big fan. And so many of the individuals in our community have reached out to us personally and asked us, where can I create a software like this that can generate charts? So we're really excited to be able to share this code with you. You can get 50% off of your first 12 months with our code below. So you can find that in the show links. Yes, it's Day Luna. And we're so excited for this journey that you're going to be on with this because it honestly is such a great investment to your business. It brings in so many more people because it empowers everyone to get this information right at their fingertips on your site. So it's super easy, user-friendly, and we know you're going to love it. And we're excited to finally be able to share it with all of you here. So many of the things that you've been talking about, we, we talk about hours on this podcast um, because it's just... We're so... Um, or at least I should say, I'm so into the the liberation and the empowerment that comes through alchemy and like alchemizing whatever it is in your life um, that you're navigating, whether that's trauma or whether that's a mindset thing or a limiting belief or different beliefs in your life. Um your ability to, like you said, there's this path that's great, there's this path that's negative, and then there's this path that you create. And that creating path that you're co-creating with the universe, that you're literally taking what's in front of you and choosing as the God that you are, as we all are, to you know, hack the the simulation or hack the game or put in the right codes, however you want to, you know, whatever language or thought process you want to use to make it make sense to your mind. Um, that path is like so crystal clear to me of like, that's where I'm at. But then I, I do get that ego that steps in that's like, okay, well then why, why aren't you just like waking up as Oprah and like literally living Oprah's life? Like I just downloaded into the sim of Oprah's reality and now I'm her right now. Even though I know that I am on some other like dimension, I have this like... And I think we probably all do of like, why am I stuck in this body, in this reality every day when I wake up? And then I have to navigate the physical world that I chose to be in and then, but when I like astrally project or when I go to these other dimensions and meditations or breathwork or different experiences, I'm in this whole other quantum world. But I always return back to this same fucking place that I still have to like put food on my table and like, you know, support my family and make smart business decisions and all the things. I feel this like frustration within my physical reality that it's like, why? Why do I have to have the the two? And I know that I live in like a dualistic, you know, dimension where there's like this and that, and they both exist at the same time. But yeah, I don't know why that's coming through right now. But that is like my main 
thing that keeps coming back around and back around and back around. And like, I have these backbone things that I'm like, yes, it's my truth and my reality that I'm always safe. It's my truth and my reality that I can always make the best out of any situation and I'm going to be able to figure out whatever it is. And that's been my reality ever since I decided that, you know, coming out of like a traumatic, unsafe childhood, I decided it. And then literally since 17, it's never been not that reality. So I have things in my life that I can look at and be like, that is what I am creating in this physical space. So when I want to up level to like this living in this place of whether that's like magic happening all the time or like living in a more quantum, I don't even know, like mystical, like miracles happening all the time place. How come I still have to be in this physical realm? Did any of that make sense? I don't know. That was like such a absolutely tangent. But that's how I'm feeling right now in my life. I, okay, so I I think the reason why it's coming up is because I've had this conversation multiple times now in the last week. Um, <laughs> it boils it boils down to the fact that somewhere underneath it all, we all feel unworthy. And we feel like, oh, that's why you wake up. And I still feel that way too. Sometimes I'm like, dude, I've been talking about shamanism for like literally ever. And then one of these people on Instagram that pops up overnight, you know, with all that like traction. I'm like, what are they doing that I'm not doing? And it's just, it always boils down to, do I not feel good enough? Do I, do I feel comfortable with what I'm delivering in this world? And if so, like then that thought process of like, why am I not waking up in this next level is going to disappear because then it's going to, it's altering. Like you're holding the structure of reality right now from that one seed. And that's in your solar plexus chakra. So a lot of people actually have to work their solar plexus chakra, which is their willpower, their determination, their imagination, their thinking, their unconscious, their inner child. That's all where it's like stemming from, from that one organ. Um, and that's, that's like the echo effect that happens, but for sure. Yeah. No, like, I think a lot of people feel that way and it's normal to feel that way. And sometimes like, even myself, I'll be like, like, why isn't the universe like blessing me if I'm doing the work for the universe? And every time I feel that way, I see tension happen because I'm, I'm, that's where my focus is. You know what I mean? Like coming back to what we were talking about. Um, there was something else that you said, you had said to that too, which is, uh, the material universe, right? Right. Like you, one of the things that I learned from just tapping into past lives and stuff like that is like, I come from the 13th dimension primarily. And in that dimension, everything is just, you snap your fingers, it's boof right there in front of you. Like I came here to have resistance. I wanted to learn what it's like not to have everything instantaneously. That's why I was bored over there and I came here. So then when you look at that and you, you change the narrative a little bit, like if you did have everything you wanted immediately, would you still be going after the things that you wanted? I know for a fact I wouldn't. Like if I was born into like, you know, the Rothschilds family, I probably wouldn't be doing any of the shit that I'm doing right now, right? <laughs> so because like, I have everything that's just there for me, right? Like where's the tension? And the tension is is something that actually is helpful. Like a lot of people don't want it, but it's through the, the tension of the soil that the, the seed sprouts and then grows roots and stuff like that, right? Like it gains strength from that. So it's really important to just always remember that. Um, I I have a question actually, but like I w- I want to wait to see if you guys have anything you want to add to that. No, I was I just love um what you said. I really resonate with that. Like I constantly saying everything's just so slow here. Like I'm from like 
3,000 years in the future or from a completely different dimension where this just feels like like having to make a phone call or a text or drive <laughs> somewhere feels so painfully slow to me. I just want to like teleport there or have it just snap, poof, it's here. So having the perspective of like, yeah, if you could just snap, poof, everything, you know, yeah, you would reach this place of boredom and then maybe choose, okay, I want to come to this other dimension where there is this resistance and things are slower and get the satisfaction and the lessons out of that that ultimately are building towards consciousness, towards chi. That's all we're doing anyways. And so that really helps me. I thank you for sharing that because I'm impatient and I need to to (laughs) tap in with the void and get get what um what comes from that from that practice. Nice. Yeah, okay, so here's my question and I know it's going to sound really far out, okay? Have you ever dealt with anyone who has changed their human design chart like energetically? Have you ever met someone like that? Who's changed their chart energetically? Um, like do you mean so, like they've done so much inner work that like now they have a different design that than what they were born with? Yes, absolutely. Um, no. I mean, for us, it's always like the way that you transform from the lowest expression to highest expression can be so severe that you are like a different person. But we've never like, I don't think connected with anyone who have, feels like they have a completely different chart from when they were born with. With our perspective with human design, we really use, you know, this channeled system, like in with the modalities it was channeled with, as not something that's like boxing you in to say, like, this is who you are and who you have to be. And like, I don't care if you feel like you're this, you're this, right? We're we're definitely not using human design to be an authority over anyone and what they are experiencing energetically. However, how we really like to use human design is to look at like the mathematics or the geometry of your energy and see how you can alchemize it to empower and liberate you to do anything that you want to do um, with your unique set of geometry. So meaning you could be a completely different person in a year with how you alchemize your energies and you know release the, the keynotes or the things that are holding you back where there's maybe a low expression or a blockage. Um, but at the end of the day, I guess human design's perspective or channeled information is that this is your geometry to work with. Like this is your recipe and you can mix it however you want. You're going to get, you know, whatever result you're empowered to to get. Like you're completely free to do that. Um, but we wouldn't necessarily say like, oh, let me rerun your chart. Unless you were like, I had a whole experience where actually this is when my soul came in and this is when my body came in to this you know, yeah, this like a rebirth moment. Then your yeah, rebirth moment. Then your chart would change because I'm human design is really ask. like the neutrinos coming in, like the moment you're born, implanting on your physical body. So yeah, I'm so curious why you asked too. Uh yeah. So like, I have uh, shamans that work with me, and they have they've had the same experience. I when I I didn't say anything to anyone when it first happened to me because I used to be a manifesting generator, and then I switched like two or three years later into a generator. I have the same stats and everything. And I even have the the charts printed out for when I did it. And it's somehow the cosmology externally changed because something I understood made it happen. Um, then I only talked about it after one of my students had been working with this lady for a while. 
And she noticed the same thing. She said, Axel, I think I'm going crazy or something. She's like, I could have swore this lady was a reflector and now she's showing up as a projector. Like, I don't understand. Maybe I entered the information wrong. And I was just like, okay, well, here's my story. Once we shared that, uh, somebody else had the same experience. So um, we've come... Yeah, so based off of shamanism, because in shamanism, you can actually alter someone's birth chart. So if I were to see see your birth chart and like you have Saturn at a certain degree and it's affecting you in a negative way, in shamanism, you can actually work with the planet and reorient it in a more positive position and reality will work differently for you. So we started kind of like just paying attention and probably by now we've had like 11 to 12 different cases over the last like two years of people like, unconsciously switching the template. And then we were sitting down thinking about it. Well, that would be quantum shifting, like quantum Mm -hmm. leaping into an alternate reality. It's you, but with slightly different like dynamics and even physics of the law of attraction, like when it comes to cosmology. So when you input your information, your chart is coming back differently. That's yeah, not like what I thought you were asking before. Exact. That is crazy. Like it used to yeah. be manifesting yeah, yeah. generator, same exact stuff. Now it's generator. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. like what the Mandela effect too, <laughs> like kind of where it's like, I swear it was this, but now reality has shifted. The code of the game has changed or been up leveled or upgraded. And now this is the new, you know, matrix that I'm in, which is, I mean, entirely like, yeah, I, I a hundred percent believe that's possible. And, Happens all the time, probably. Yeah, now that they pointed it out, I guarantee you'll probably run into someone like that. You're like, oh my God, it's happening. Well, and it's interesting that when you were younger, you know, you had all these five different businesses and, Mm -hmm. um, you know, all these things like we would say a manifesting generator would would have. And then you had this whole crash and, and rebirth of self. And now you're this, you know, completely open throat center G center um, generator, which a manifesting generator has to have a defined throat. So it's really interesting how how your chart has changed a lot. But uh, but you are too. But technically speaking, you're only one gate away from being a manifesting generator. So like, yeah, if we're talking about shifting like the reality of like the way that things mapped out or the way things moved, you are only one gate away from being a manifesting generator, which is crazy because not having that gate gives you a completely open throat center, like Shana was saying, which is so, so, so different than mangens. Like the the hallmark of a mangen is this defined throat center that's connected to a motor. And for you having a completely open throat, what that allows is absolutely no filters on what you are able to channel. So if you have your own definition there, doesn't mean that you can't channel, you still can, but you're always going to have your own, your own energy filter there alongside of whatever you're channeling. So the fact that you're completely open, it's like literally anything, it's so expansive, can come through you and can be spoken through you and can be, you can be the channel of, and then your voice manifests it and brings it to this reality. So that's pretty crazy to think about. I'm going to be sitting with that for a while. Really cool. Now now you see into the esoteric world a little bit more. (laughs) (laughs) And I I wanted to ask you as we're wrapping up here, something that we've been talking about a lot lately with all of our guests is, 
you know, in human design, we talk so much about the new paradigm and it's all the same thing as far as the procession of equinoxes and the Kali Yuga and just the world changing and shifting and coming into the age of Aquarius. Like there's so many different names for it and different ways to look at it. And from human design, it's really about this new paradigm, the old crumbling and moving into a new. And, you know, human design's founder, Ra Ruhu, who channeled all of human design, when he talks about the new paradigm, he's meant to be shocking to help awaken people and grab their attention. And that was a huge part of his gift. But he does talk about the new paradigm in really like scary, like everything you know is going to crumble and it's going to be madness and chaos. And for us, we really resonate with taking that information there, but then taking in how is my soul feeling called to uniquely usher in a a new paradigm that I believe is something that should be contributed to the human collective experience or to human evolution. So for us, we've been thinking a lot about like individuals. What do you see for the future of humanity, for our evolution? And how do you like to share with your audience or with your clients? Like, what do you share about empowering people to feel like we have love and empowerment and and all of the, the things that we want to create, we're able to? Like, how do you feel about the new paradigm? What do you tell people in that realm? And yeah, I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, there's different ways that I kind of help people understand it because everything that I teach and what science is even teaching us is based off of perception, right? Like your perception is what's going to create the next reality move. So for some people's perception, it's easier for them to embody like heaven on earth. Like you change your energy, you're going to start feeling blessings. And then that essentially makes you an asset to the cosmos because you are like literally the shift. You're the embodied shift that's going to force other people around you to have like subtle shit, like awareness and want to be better and stuff like that. Um, and that's where like a lot of people, I think the people that want to make the most change are are found. They they want to make change, but a lot of times they have to remember it's in, an internal thing. The more higher vibration you have, it's kind of like this ecosystem. Everything else is going to respond within that sphere. Is there going to be more chaos that's associated to it? Absolutely. Because we've been working off of first the divine masculine. Well, I wouldn't even call it divine masculine. I would call it like the patriarchal masculine form, which is it's been cut off from the divine because the divine masculine understands that the divine feminine is the one that's actually moving reality. He says, this is what needs to be done. She gets it done, right? And that's like Shiva Shakti energy. So right now, the divine masculine is being stripped from its power. And like, of course, we we all know what it's like to deal with an egotistical man. Like he's not going to let that go easily, right? And that's mm-hmm. what we have to like uh, be aware. Like he's freaking out because of the fact that like, you know, his, his, his reality is being changed. And then there's people who want to sustain that because they're so comfortable with it. So we're going to have to see the crumbling of certain structures in terms of science, medicine, um, even like, what we believe society needs to move forward because we're everything that's coming from an old seed is just going to be problematic moving onward. But we also have to understand that if we dive completely into the divine feminine and say the divine, the the masculine is the complete and total problem, we're just going to find the same level of resistance on the other side and its own own way, right? And then we're going to have to come back and curtail it back into the center. So this is a moment of us really understanding first what the divine masculine actually is, surrendering into the intelligence of the divine feminine. And that's going to force people to 
you know, challenge everything that they believe in. They're going to challenge the, the institutions. They're going to challenge their own belief systems, their religions, their cultures, uh, their relationships in general. Like, why have I been with you for so long? You know, why am I not manifesting more things for myself? And that's kind of like the chaos that's that's natural, but that's change, you know, like every time you want to change in some format, like if you wanted to move into a bigger house, the chaos of moving into that house is finding the house, buying the house, then getting the movers, moving everything and then placing all this stuff where you need to place it, right? The change eventually pays out if you keep it in in a an understanding that you know, like the framework of of moving, you know what I mean? Like if you can condense the complexity of society to a more simple form and you understand what steps are necessary to reach enlightenment, that's what's going to be the, the biggest format for it. And what I tell people is like, you know, fear automatically, we know lowers the vibration in many different ways from your immunity to other things. And it just creates more problems. So First of all, try to wake up every morning feeling gratitude for the fact that you're aware and you're gaining more awareness every day because that's just going to magnetize more information to you and you'll become a channel, literally. That's what it is. And then you'll be at the right place at the right time. Someone's going to ask you a question and you're just going to say that thing without thinking about it. And then slowly that person is going to be like, you know, oh my God, like that's exactly what I need to hear. And then they are going to go do that to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. Like the 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 realistic concept of this, the golden age isn't going to happen for a very long time. Like we're going to all be dead by the time that happens. And we're probably going to reincarnate many, many times by, by the time we get there. And we have to be okay with that. Like as much as like, the world sucks right now, like you're not supposed to be a superhero for other people. You're supposed to be a guiding light that other people see and then choose to walk with you you, right? And a lot of times these, like there's these healers that are, they feel like this divine calling, but they, they feel like it's their responsibility to save people and literally like carry them on their back, which is just going to drain you and stop you from having your own spiritual enlightenment in many different ways. So, you know, another thing that I just tell people is focus on a vibration that really like means the most to you and try to embody that as much as possible with no fucks given. Like if mm -hmm. your thing is happiness, how do you embody happiness as much as possible? And then not only embodying it, but how can you share it with other people? And then that's where you're going to start seeing your reality change. And even when the chaos comes, like you're almost like buffered from it. Like you can really work with it and change chaos into harmony because you need chaos. Because after a while, if you have too much harmony, too much order, things feel restrictive. Things feel like boring. And then you're like, man, I wish drama would happen to me, right? So like, mm -hmm. you just gotta remember that polarity here. And that's that's the main thing. That's really what I would say is is what to be expected. Like, I don't think it's gonna be like end of the world times. That's not something that's been projected from what I've been looking at. But it's definitely gonna be there's going to be times where people are going to see the abuse of power. And that's what's been happening already. We've been seeing it happen from manipulated elections to other things that are going on with medicine, you know, and a lot of people don't want to even look at the facts that come out there. You know what I mean? So until everyone's on this mass page that, okay, this is what's been happening and we're willing to make a change, we're going to have to keep watching the destruction and the uncomfortability until we all get to the same place. Yeah, absolutely. I love your perspective. Thank you so much. And I love that metaphor of moving into a house. I feel like it's really helpful. Like, yeah, it is a pain in the ass and uncomfortable and a lot of work. But you know, once you kind of categorize it in your mind like that, it feels so much more doable and so much more known. 
and also exciting because moving into a bigger, better house is fucking awesome uh, versus staying in your tiny little house where your stuff doesn't fit. So I feel like that's a really helpful and uh, uh, a metaphor that invokes a lot of gratitude. So I really appreciate that. And I know we're wrapping up here, but I just was curious before we go... I wanted to know, one of my favorite things about you is the way that you work with symbols, sacred geometry, numbers. I was curious if there's a symbol or a geometric shape or a number that you are feeling the most connected with right now on this moment. Yeah. So there's this uh, Native American, it's a Hopi symbol actually. And it's, uh, it. I wish I could show it to you right now. I don't really have anything where I can show it to you, but it means happiness. Um, also, another one that I've been using lately is the tori. So if you look in Japanese culture, it looks like the pie, but it has like two lines going across. And if you just type in like tori, T-O-R-I-I gateway, you'll see what it looks like. They have it all over Japan. Um, the Tori Gateway is a doorway that will take you wherever you want. It doesn't really matter if it's another dimension or the next level of you. If you work with that symbol, that symbol will literally transform your life because it's connected to the throat chakra. And the throat chakra is all about truth, authenticity, wisdom, and kind of like knowing other dimensional kind of understandings. Um, the happiness symbol, I'll, I'll, hopefully I'll send it to you and hopefully you can send it to people. Um, but the happiness symbol it literally works again, still on the throat chakra. And it basically forces you to see what authentically will make you happy, how you can amplify that vibration and how it can be embodied fully in every aspect of your life from the elements to um, like your actions, your thoughts, etc. So those would be the two that I, I would say definitely work with. Um and then if those are a little bit more difficult, I'd say use the pie symbol. So Robert Grant, if you know who he is, um, I really love some of the esoteric stuff that he channels sometimes because he does it from a mathematical point of view, but it's so great. Um, yeah. The pie symbol and the golden ratio symbol, uh, golden ratio symbol. Um, golden ratio is your 12th chakra. That's the universal consciousness, Akasha. Um, that will give you like divine understanding of like the holographic universe and how to work with it in all of its parts. The Pi symbol will show you how infinity creates reality and how you can attune, attune yourself to specific outcomes with like how you think and do things. So those are my wow. those are my top symbols right now. Yeah. yeah. And how do you work with a symbol? Is it just like journal, like writing it down, putting it around your house in your room, meditating with it, reading about it, all of the above? Uh, yeah. So like you'll notice that the symbols have consciousness and and like um, there's different ways you can work with them. You can imagine it in your mind and just see like the golden ratio perpetually until it you'll feel like an energetic change and something starts communicating with you, that'll be the golden ratio. And then you'll start seeing like images of your life or you'll just suddenly start knowing things that you're like, whoa, like where did this come from? Um, another way that you can do it is if you practice Reiki or energy healing, like you can imagine the golden ratio is a 3D object like floating around your hand and um, basically hold, hold on to both of them in your hands and let them kind of just trigger you because at your palm is the 11th chakra. That's your mind over matter chakra. And then that one will teach you literally how to manifest with any frequency if you hold that symbol in your hand. Um, another way is just allowing yourself to call upon the intelligence of those frequencies like that symbol, hey, golden ratio, I want to feel you in my body. And sometimes I like when I come into like really advanced symbols because there's grades of symbols. The more advanced ones, I'll be like, okay, can you show me 
um, some sort of synchronicity in my life that I know is coming directly from you. And then suddenly you'll end up somewhere where like you see the golden ratio all over the walls and you're like, oh my God, like this is actually happening. Like something's talking back to me. And then the more you have those experiences and then you just validate them and you're like, thank you, golden ratio for talking to me. Like, I'm so grateful that you were actually having this conversation. It'll become your friend. And that's what shamanism, anti-shamanism is about. It's like, befriend the frequencies, your life will become easier because now they have an investment in looking out for you, right? You know? Yeah, wow. I love it. I'm so fascinated by everything that you share and are teaching. I'm like, can't wait to take your course or be a student. Um, I know there's a million people listening right now that are wanting to learn from you as well. So where can people find you? How can they become a student? Where do they start? All of that. Yeah. So um, you can find me on almost any platform under some variation of Antahai on YouTube and TikTok is Antahai Quantum Reiki. And on my uh, Instagram is just Antahai. So you can always just shoot me a message there. You can check out quantumreiki.org or antahai.us. And that's where you can also contact one of my enrollment coaches. They'll walk you through like, you know, what it is that you're expecting. We'll get a really good scope as to like what your desires are because every shaman is different right like so we want to make sure that you get what you're looking for on your path and that's why what we teach is so unique than other courses um but yeah and then we'll like when you work with us we'll teach you not only how to heal how to manifest how to develop your psychic abilities and you'll be able to do it with other people so that it's cool to do like these group experiments where people are like oh my god we did this one spell and look at all the money that just came through right Stuff like that. So uh, yeah, just message me on Instagram, say student and say that you heard me on this podcast and I'll hook you up with everything you need. Amazing. Thank you so much. I'm so excited. And this has just been a mind opening, expansive conversation. Thank you for having me. Can't wait to see you next time. Wow. We are obsessed. We are enlightened and mind expanded, soul expanded. I have a lot of practices that I'm now just from this conversation alone wanting to lean into and explore further. So I'm excited to do that. I hope that this sparked some inspiration and um, expansiveness in your life as well, listening and maybe incorporating some of these symbols into your practice. I'm excited to do that. So yeah, if you guys want to connect with us, you know where you can do that at our website, daylunalife.com. That's also where you can book a reading with us if you're wanting to explore all of the facets of your human design and the mechanics that you have available to you right now to alchemize and change your life using your unique energetic blueprint. Our readings are one of the best places to do that because we really get to dive deep with you and explore your purpose, your design based off of the things that you're navigating right now. So you can find our schedule and book a time with us on our website, daylunalife.com. Also, you can connect with us on Instagram at dayluna. And we are just sending so much love to you all and so much expansion and quantum leaps and timeline jumping and all of the things. Thanks for being here for this super heady, but also like weird, genius, freaky conversation. It's been such a delight.